Maul is Daenerys Stormborn's Sith Master? This is spoilers! Hey Mikey. Hey Josh. I was gonna say lover. They're lovers. Potential lover. How many lovers does she have? <laughs> Amelia Clark is getting around in this movie. And I've heard I, I I don't know if I didn't really follow up on the spoiler, but I heard that we potentially see Ray's parents in this movie, and I'm just gonna assume that this is what they're talking about. You think Darth Maul and Kira are Ray's parents? This is like BuzzFeed news. I just wow. saw <laughs> I just saw a headline that said we see No, this Ray's is spoilers. Pa- this is spoilers news. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course, I didn't follow up on it, like spoilers usually does on anything that we research, but I just saw a headline <laughs> that said, we see Ray's parents in the huh. solo movie. And I'm assuming that this is what they're talking about. It could also be to nobodies that are just looking to sell a that slave for all, some drink. Yeah, that is possibly true. It was the two <laughs> robots fighting in the cage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, we're kind of co-hosting tonight because... Um, sadly for Solo, we're the only two out of the six spoiler men that saw this movie, right, Mikey? Uh, yeah, I had nothing going on this weekend, so I was pretty free. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally forgot that this movie was even coming out until until someone tweeted about it, and I was like, oh, I guess that is coming out. I think the tweet was, a Star Wars movie <laughs> comes out today. Did anyone know that? <laughs> were you pumped for this at all? Did you Did you want to see this? Uh, I wanted to see this as closure to myself in the Star Wars saga. <laughs> I'm like really looking forward to that closure, but we can get into that a little bit later towards the end of the movie. But, um, I saw this movie with my brother-in-law and like speaking of like low attendance, like it was Saturday and I was nervous cause I was only 15 minutes early and I was like, should I buy my brother-in-law's ticket? And I was like, are there a lot more from the get? And the lady was just like, there are plenty without like batting an eye. So not a great box office opening for this, right? I I mean, I was like surprised when I got there. I went today at like noon, like right at noon. Today's and, Sunday of Memorial Day. Yeah, Sunday of Memorial Day. I got there at noon and I had to like choose my seat and there was like not a whole lot of seats left. Really? So, yeah. So I was going into it totally blind. I was thinking it had done well, and then I saw a spoiler tweet that said it had gotten only $86 million, which was like half of what they were expecting, right? Huh. I'm not sure on the exact numbers, but I know that domestically and worldwide, it's been a little lower than they had hoped. Yeah, which is, uh, I mean, for me, it was surprising. I don't know anything about Star Wars, really, but... Yeah, I, don't I, know would, I would expect at least like $100 because just on the name alone. Yeah, well, <laughs> when you're releasing a, another Star Wars every year until we all die, yeah. it's going to get watered down <laughs> a little bit. The hype, the hype gets watered down. It's true. Well, what did you think about the plot? Did you think it was watered down? Yeah, so let's talk about the movie. Enough, like, and I don't think we should judge the merit of a movie based on the amount of money it gets anyway. Like, no, that no, for sure. No. And, um... So we get in the movie, and let's just, like, I, was, I thought maybe tonight, Mikey, uh, we're in the dugout, and we're probably going to need to take a pool break at some point, <laughs> but maybe tonight we could go over the characters instead of, like, a breakdown of the plot itself. We can just kind of talk about the characters and, like, what they accomplished. But, okay. Uh, let's start off with Alden Aachen. Han Solo. Han Solo. Okay. Uh, what'd you think of him? I want you to say the quote that you said to me right before we started the podcast. <laughs> uh, who is this guy and what has he ever been in? And you're like, he looks nothing like, he sounds nothing <laughs> He like. looks nothing like and he sounds nothing like Harrison Ford, <laughs> which is, that's pretty hard to expect from anybody, I would assume. Um, Harrison Ford is kind of one of a kind. So right off the bat, I think you're setting yourself up for failure with this movie. I thought that was one of the weaker parts of the premise of this movie. Was you expecting That's that? A, I'm not even saying that he did a bad job. It's just like, yeah. if you want to compare someone to Harrison Ford, there's not too many people that's going to pull that and off. And Disney put Alden in like the worst scenario possible. Like You have to do a performance where you're like reenacting another actor, but also like pull this off in your own right. And yeah, honestly, and also be totally unknown. 
Yeah. <laughs> what, what is this guy doing? Possibly European. <laughs> we're not sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I think we're agree there though that like he did he did a pretty good job, right? I don't have any complaints. I don't him. have any complaints either. It's just like if you're expecting him to s- look and sound like Harrison Ford in any sort of way, I think you're going to be disappointed. But I can't complain on how he was throughout the movie. I thought he did a fine job. We'll get to the plot and the characters in a second, but Han Solo's backstory gets filled in quite a bit in this movie. And I find that as a big Star Wars historian, maybe, and buff and fan, I found that to be really annoying and forced. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. Going into it, I didn't know if... uh reading the books or anything like that was going to be a big a, a big seller on this movie at all because uh, right off the bat we get Lady Proxima or whatever and I didn't know if that was like something from the Star Wars books or it's not from the movies any of the movies I, I, yeah I know that but I, I didn't know if there was something that I was missing because that seemed very odd to me was Lady Proxima just a giant worm uh, that's known. She's like a job of the hut, but of yeah. worms. And she's like a vampire worm. <laughs> yeah, that was like okay. If I was going to complain about anything uh, so early on in the moving movie, it was going to be this uh, this scene where Han Solo throws a rock through a window and totally defeats Lady Proxima. It uh, seemed really out there, don't you think? And I. I didn't know if that was, like, honestly, when I saw that scene, I was like, I honestly don't know if I should have read this and known about it beforehand or if I had missed something in the movies. I think that's a problem with a movie. If you can't go into a movie having read literature, I mean, this is supposed to be a standalone movie, but also, if anything, you could be expected to maybe see the other movies. I guess that's okay. Yeah. Like an Infinity War sort of situation. Yeah. But like to say that you have to see all other nine movies plus the Rebels cartoon series <laughs> and read whatever books are canon now. Yeah. And made a lot of other ones non-canon. Like. So we know. Really? So <laughs> in the entire Star Wars universe, we know nothing about Han Solo. Is that what we're saying? There's nothing. Do you know at all if there's anything canon of Han Solo at all in anything? Besides this movie? Or? Yeah, besides this movie. I don't know, because I was surprised that um, I read because up... It, uh, right off the bat, it made it seem like you should know some stuff. That he's from Corellia? Yeah. That's probably like a one-off mention in one of the original trilogy movies. Mm-hmm. He's a scoundrel from Corellia or something. Yeah. But I don't think you're supposed to have read anything, Mikey. I think it's just... It feels that way because it's like the whole movie has this like tongue in cheek feel, and I think that we'll skip to let's let's go to Donald Glover playing Lando because <laughs> this is where I think this comes into play the most. I really in some of his interactions with with Han Solo, I felt like they were kind of doing impressions of the old characters a little bit. Oh man, I feel so conflicted on this. <laughs> I love Donald Glover and like everything he's ever been in, but I just don't. I honestly don't know what to think about him in this movie because, like you said, it seemed like he was forcing himself to talk a certain way. Like his the the beat of his voice was kind of he intentionally tried to pace himself in the way he was speaking and stuff like that, and it sounded just kind of forced and awkward to me. But there's also some other scenes where I thought like, oh, he was totally cool. And now they're talking about like giving him his own movie, his solo movie. So <laughs> why not? Yeah. I Is mean, Gronk Droid getting something? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's getting their own movie, but uh, I don't know. But this was, this was like when they started announcing these new movies, he was the one like, oh, a Lando movie. Oh, Boba Fett movie. Those would totally be awesome as solo movies. Not Han Solo, yeah. but they do the Han Solo movie instead. So, I don't know. I just feel sort of really conflicted on his performance. I There's some scenes where I think it's really great, and there's something, some scenes where I think it's kind of forced. So. Well, the way they do this movie, I feel like they're pretty much in the clear to do a Amelia Clark standalone movie and or a separate Donald Glover movie or use the two in the same movie somehow. Like, 
there's plenty of cliffhangers, and especially we mentioned the Darth Maul thing with Amelia Clark flying off of them. I think that's the biggest one. Like, despite all this movie's flaws, people are going to be hungry to know, like, why is Darth Maul back after being cut in half? Back? This is the... This See, is, yes. Yeah, this is not back. This is a that's prequel. What, that's what I talked about with someone after the movie, because Darth Maul was cut in half by a young Obi-Wan, right? Mm-hmm. Han Solo is young when he runs into Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's like an old fart by then, right? So Darth Maul gets cut in half. You're talking about the books, but in the extended universe, the non-canon universe, it's known that Darth Maul gets cut in half and survives. What? Yeah. And so they said they scrapped that whole side of things, but that's one aspect of that extended universe they brought back. Like, I guess Darth Maul, using the Force, survives and gets robotic legs. And that's an older mm. older Darth Maul. You're blowing my mind right now. Is it blown? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know anything about Star Wars, so I just assumed that they had... <laughs> that I don't know shit about the timeline or anything going into this. So I... I I totally went into this just open-minded. I, w- I had no expectations going into this movie at all, so I was fine with whatever I had seen. And I thought it was... I don't, I don't know. We'll get to that later. But we're still yeah. characters. Yeah, and like Donald Glover, I think we said enough about him, but I want to move on to Amelia Clark, who I teased a little bit. Um, she's Han Solo's first girlfriend. Um I don't know. They're in love, I guess. And they're in Corellia together. They're like in an orphanage and they steal something together. That's really valuable. And it's like their chance to get off the planet. And basically Han Solo gets like stopped at the Trump's border wall <laughs> or no Han Solo climbs over, but the guards <laughs> stop Amelia Clark and they detain her. And on a serious note, Mikey, I really did feel like, with what the stormtroopers were saying and how they were basically acting like TSA and cops, I felt like it was a social commentary. I honestly got that exact same impression. I thought that this was like a social commentary on uh, the ICE uh, troops or whatever and the, <laughs> yeah. the, the whole immigration thing. I was like, what? what is this movie right off the bat? I was like, there's a giant worm. There's TSA. Yeah. Uh, well, I really didn't understand what the context was in this movie. It seemed kind of off, but also like kind of also made sense. Well, the stormtroopers kept saying, and maybe we can play a quick clip of it here. But stormtroopers, one of the lines I heard multiple times was "Stop resisting." <laughs> that's like totally something you see in like YouTube cop yeah. videos. There was... They weren't cussing as much as real cops. No. (laughs) (laughs) There was just, like, a lot of things at the beginning of the movie that just totally didn't really seem like they belonged in a Star Wars universe to me, I guess. It seemed, like, a little too real. It seemed like it was, like, like watching a YouTube video, almost. (laughs) Yeah, it was... Which I think is a, a good thing about this movie. It's back to actual, like, gritty... It feels like filmmaking instead of a giant green screen universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the one thing you can definitely applaud the movie on is that... I mean, all of these Star Wars movies, honestly, besides the prequels, are... They look amazing. And... Yeah, they do. That's... That's, like, the one continuous thing you can say throughout the entire series. Is that they look really great. Their quality is high. Yeah. High video quality. Yeah. Um, so let, let's just finish out, since this is spoilers, we'll just go through this whole love arc really quick. Basically, Han Solo gets separated by Amelia, from Amelia Clark at the border wall. And um, when he's on one of his jobs that we'll get to later, she just kind of shows up. She's working on the ship that he happens to be on. And she's married slash enslaved to what's basically the big baddie of the film. Yeah, I think uh, the direction this movie should have gone was to kind of focus on Amelia Clark's character. I think that would have been a really good 
choice instead of focusing on Han Solo, honestly. Because <laughs> she seemed to have, like, the craziest story. That would have been kind of cool if, like, you think this movie is going to be about Han Solo. Yes, exactly. And he gets, like, separated at the yes. border wall. And he just comes <laughs> then, back in at the end. Yeah, that would have been fucking crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. But, no, she... You're basically wondering the whole movie what happened in the in-between time with her. Yeah. And clearly she's boned a bunch of dudes. That's basically what she alludes to. Yeah. And she's now in this super powerful position right next to the main bad guy of the movie. Yeah. see Darth Maul. Uh, but she's worked her way up and now she has kind of all this power and then she's kind of forced on this mission. And she's, she ends up defeating Dryden Voss, who's played by Paul Bettany, in like a duel of blades. And, yeah. then, and then that's when she like calls into Darth Maul. So I don't know if that's like, she was further down the ladder, and maybe by defeating her master, she like answers up? That's kind of what I was maybe thinking. Uh, I Honestly, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I don't know much about Star Wars, and the whole... I know the main theme is... The apprentice kills the master. I know that's like the whole... The rule of two. Yeah. That's the whole get of the series. But I honestly don't know what's going on. But I thought her character was great. And I thought she did a fantastic job. She was pretty good. And one thing I wanted to talk about was how I felt like this movie was a little bit more overtly sexual than other Star Wars movies. Darth Maul like implies at the end of the movie, like, we're gonna bang. <laughs> Wait, that's what you think he was saying? He's like, we're gonna work very closely, is what he says. I thought he meant by that he's gonna be like, he suspects her of being, like, soft. And so, like, he's gonna cut, like, he's gonna come down on her hard for that. But, I don't know, I got the impression that he was like, I totally oh, we're, gonna saying. Be, we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna Try and make a force baby. Wow. Okay. Proportions or something. Okay. Possibly. And then like. She seemed kind of super evil. Like in the end. Yeah. Like it was all a ruse basically. Yeah. Um, But there's also like a scene where her and Han are like in the bedroom. And there's a bed behind them. And they're basically like. Yeah. We're about to end up in the bed. Yeah. Han explicitly states like. He wants to have sex with her, yeah. like, in the next five minutes. And there's also a little bit of droid-on-human sexuality that we'll get to in just a little bit. Um, <laughs> I want to keep people around listening, because we'll get into the human... It's about to heat up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the human AI sex in a little bit. But right now, um, one of the big names that they're obviously trying to flash all over this movie is Woody Harrelson. I think Woody Harrelson's a great actor. He plays Beckett, who's a rogue. He's basically Han Solo, but older. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, he's kind of nice, but in the end, he's only taking care of himself, sort of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just kind of like a quick search on Twitter, looking at kind of opinions. I saw that Woody Harrelson was very like highly favored. Like he. I didn't see anybody trying to complain about him. I thought he did a great job. He did good. And, like, honestly, his character is playing that stereotype of scoundrel so to the T. I felt like I had a couple, like, roll eye moments with his character. But I thought he he did, like, a really good job of acting that Mm -hmm. out and doing whatever they asked, you know. I mean... Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen Woody Harrelson in something that I didn't like. I I think he's a great actor. I know, so you do like this movie? This included? I mean, if I... If, you don't have to give your yes or no yet. No, if you want to if you want to rate a movie like on a scale of 1 to 10, and 5 being, five being no, 6 being yes, I would okay. give this movie above a 6. Okay. Honestly. So that's a spoiler. So spoiler on my spoiler. Wow, on this spoilers. is a spoiler moment. <laughs> we're two layers. We're two dreams deep in uh, this spoilers review. 
Um, with that, I think we should take a quick pool break. We're at the dugout right now, and it is, like, we had to shut the doors. It's scorching hot in here. I'm starting to sweat through my shirt, and uh, we're going to take a quick Spoiler Man break. We're going to get in the pool, and we'll be back in a sec. Show me how to do it. The only thing you need to learn to do is do what I say, what I say, and this time tomorrow... You'll have more than enough to buy your own ship. Our email is at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Okay, and we're back. Uh, so we just got done talking about Woody Harrelson. Good performance, and you revealed your yes to this movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, spoiler. And I want to get talk to the to the end scene in its own right in a little bit, but he's like a key component, in kind of how things go down at the end. I mean, would you yes or no on Woody Harrelson in this movie for you? I'm I'm a f- former Star Wars fan, current Star Wars <laughs> critic, and I can't help but look at him like, oh, we needed a big name in this movie to give it some star power. I think his performance uh, is good, so yes. But granted, his hair is ridiculous in this movie. <laughs> the man is bald. Just have him be bald. <laughs> it's not like there's not bald people in this universe. <laughs> this is Star Wars. <laughs> They've invented Rogaine by now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. They have lasers. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I mean, I liked him. I like him in. I like him in everything. I, like I said, I think he's a really good actor. And to, where he picks up in Han Solo's story is Han, um, after he gets separated from Amelia Clark, decides to join the military, which is very much like the American military. Yeah, what complex. is this? <laughs> <laughs> this I had no idea that, is this real, that Han is a part of the Imperial Army? I guess, yeah, uh, for a little what? bit. Like, for a couple of years, or? What is this plan that he has? He's he openly says like like in the first literally two minutes like I'm never gonna be I'm like we're gonna we're gonna escape to a part of the universe where the the empire will never find us and then his plan is to join the empire. Well, they had a way for him to be a pilot, and it was also part of his escape yeah, but- from that like bay that he was in. He hadn't totally escaped like the immigration room, and the way he escapes. Across the border. I don't know if I missed something when Amelia Clark gets the door shut on her and he switches his plans like, now this is, now this is my only way is to join the Empire so I can like fight from within or something. I thought that's where the movie was going to go. They but... didn't say that explicitly, but he like looks at the side and has like a moment where he's like, hmm. I and I would just... say we play that clip but it's just going to be like dramatic music. <laughs> There's <laughs> yeah. no audio. I I uh, I don't know. I just thought this this turn of the plot was just like a little absurd to me. I don't know. It flash forwards to it the future. Make sense to me. He's been in the army for a little while, and he meets this group of characters that I guess they have, like, contacts within the military, but they're more, like, mercenaries. And they're scoundrels, whatever. They're pirates on the open space sea. Mm -hmm. And he notices that despite them trying to shrug off the new guy, he kind of becomes attached to their crew. Did you buy that, I guess? Like, Han Solo getting his start by basically trying to just, like, be that kid that shows up all the time. Uh, this was also like, I mean, it's not really great to have two kind of really confusing, two kind of confusing sequences, one right after the other. First, the Imperial, the Empire thing, Han joining the Empire thing. And then second, you're just buying into the fact that Woody Harrelson is impersonating a captain and nobody else in the army, surrounding army is like, oh, that guy is definitely not in the army. Yeah. So Woody Harrelson is just like automatically <laughs> pulling rank on all of these soldiers. And, and he's like <laughs> barely wearing the jacket. It's yeah. like barely propped up over his like <laughs> yeah. There's clearly bullet holes all in his armor that he ripped off a dead guy. And everybody's just buying into the fact, besides Han Solo, that, oh, this guy is uh, the, the captain. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I thought that was like two very distinct things that were like very weak. And I think plot. that's caused by there must be some throwaway line in a Star Wars movie where he says he joined the army. And I don't know where that comes and if he mentions that, but otherwise, yeah, as far as this movie itself, why couldn't he have met Woody Harrelson like in that immigration port? Yeah, that would have been really good actually and I don't know. It's just really uh, far-reaching. I agree. For me. So we'll move on because Woody Harrelson, his first mate and partner, is played by Thandi Newton. She's Val in this movie, but a lot of us know her from Westworld. Westworld? Westworld. Mission Impossible 2 or 3 or something. Something That's like the only thing I know her from. She's pretty good in this movie. She plays the part of Woody Harrelson that's basically saying, like, don't let Han Solo in our group. Mm, she's uh, Woody Harrelson's girlfriend. Uh, she's in the movie for about a total of 15 minutes. I honestly thought this might have been the cameo because I don't know <laughs> who was going to be the big the big uh, secret cameo in this movie. So I was like, oh, Thandie Newton. It's like, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's great in Westworld. But... Uh, yeah, her you had a lot of like fake cameos. You Honestly, yeah, I did. Yeah. It's like I don't know what they're trying to pull here. Darth Maul was the who, cameo. Who can Disney not get? Is the real question. <laughs> they can get John Favreau, that's for sure. Um, but Val offs herself. Um, she literally has like a suicide bomb moment, and she sacrifices herself for the squad. Um, so when she dies, it's actually only Woody and Chewie and Han himself left. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about that move of having a suicide bomb <laughs> moment? She like smiles and like presses the clicker, and from a wide shot, you just see this bridge. Yeah, I think that's a pretty bold move. Uh, I are we post nine eleven now? <laughs> No, um, America as a whole is never post 9-11. <laughs> uh, uh, why are we laughing? <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't know. I, I, that scene kind of caught me off guard, I guess. I don't know exactly what their plan was with this whole stealing a cargo. A cargo, uh, what do you call it, from a train. They were on a monorail. <laughs> they stole, like, <laughs> they stole this a, energy source yeah. from a monorail. And, like, they st- apparently they it's stole worth... a caboose. It's worth, like... A billion... A billion, a billion, billion credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's only, like, six Stormtrooper yeah. guys guarding it, which is a little odd. Um, Val is part of this crew with John Favreau, and he plays a character named Rio... Durant, who I guess might be a Kevin Durant. Like, Rio not. de Janeiro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought, like, whatever, John Favreau was in it. I don't think the voice acting was, like, phenomenal. Did you know it was him? I did not, but I knew it. I knew, I knew, I knew that I knew that they were trying to say, uh, or trying to insinuate that, hey, this is someone. Yeah. You should listen I, to I this I felt voice. like that, too. Yeah. But, I mean, I, honestly, I couldn't tell. But... I liked his character, and I thought yeah, that the CGI was, was, like, really well done. Like, the character mm-hmm. had a good weight to it or something. Yeah. His, uh, I mean, he, spoiler, he dies. This is spoilers. But, uh, I thought it was a good death. Like, it's kind of, like, one of the more heavy-hitting deaths, I guess, in the whole franchise. It's interesting to have, like, a death scene, and you're looking for, like, realism in the death scene, but you don't really know how, like, an alien species is supposed to die. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, shot... With a blaster, like, in the chest. It kind of has this slow, like, Old West. Mm-hmm. He's still trying to fly, fly the plane so they can get out of there. and Doing a real shitty job. Yeah, he's slowly, <laughs> death is slowly taking yeah. him away. Yeah, and he's kind of like this weird bug lizard. I don't know. He's, he's, he's a good character. Yeah, I like him. He's a nice dude. Um, And another pretty nice dude, I thought, actually Dudette. It's another heavily CGI character is L337, played by Fiki Walker Bridge. Um, this is the main I feel like all these new store or all these new Star Wars movies are introducing another like droid. Um, yeah. we saw one in the another toy. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this one? Uh I think this L337. one is L337. 
Not exactly rolling off the tongue for me. <laughs> leet. <laughs> oh, true. Oh, wait, is it? Yeah, it is leet. <laughs> uh, but I thought this was, this is like a total shot in the dark for me. I, like, they really went out there with the personality of this droid, and I don't know if they kind of pulled it off. It seems kind of annoying to me, but also there's some funny lines. It was like, this is the uncanny valley of <laughs> Star Wars droids. Like, is it way too human and it's just t- coming off as creepy? <laughs> or is it like uh, kind of adorable? And it was just like, this droid is saying kind of way too many human-like things. And it was like, what? what is this character? I don't know. For me. So the character is an ultra smart, I guess, ultra human like. Yeah, is droid. this like a uh, a superhero in Star Wars? Like this thing was apparently the smartest thing in the universe. It basically has achieved full consciousness yeah. to the point where it's sticking up for the equal Almost rights. Like of indistinguishable, indistinguishable from a human in terms of personality, and to the point where her and Lando, Ultron. her elite L three. And Lando have some sort of sexual relations. <laughs> Definitely. I don't know if that was even... Like, this is the thing with... Uh, my problem with this character is... It's not even, like, totally implied that Donald Glover hooked up with this robot. It just makes this robot kind of come off as creepy. Because this thing says... Or Amelia Clark asked this robot, like, if... It would ever work out between her and Lando. And Sexually. Like, yeah. And she's like, no. And then she... Yeah. And oh, then, not sexual. Oh, sorry. In terms of a relationship. And she says, no, it would never work out. We're not compatible. And then she... And then Amelia Clark asks again if... How would that even work? And she was like, it would work. So I, thought she, said, I like, thought she said it does work. Like she has experience with it. Really. I don't know. I think like I saw on the internet, it just seemed like it was coming off as like they're kind of reaching, like just uh, no. This dude. is kind of ambi- ambiguous. Like no. I don't know. Okay, I'm for Donald, sure. Donald clearly loves the robot in the end. Like it's obviously his friend because he's pretty torn up. She dies. That robot has pleased Donald Glover <laughs> sexually. And I don't know if a robot has... Keep in mind, this thing is complete metal. (laughs) We see every angle of this robot, and there's no way any part of this thing is soft. Is she thick? (laughs) She's got... She's pretty thick. (laughs) She's a brick house, dude. (laughs) This robot's thick. So, Leet, or L3, I love that we found out she's Leet, but... She dies, and she's like half that a I body. And <laughs> yeah, you played yeah, you played Halo. Played way too many video games. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Lando's holding this robot that's like bleeding out, Saving Private Ryan style, and he's like, "No, come back to me." And she's like, "Where am I? <laughs> Say hello to the for me." It's a real like human death scene, and I yeah. couldn't. I wasn't taking it seriously, Mike. Yeah. No, this is one of the problems I had with like Lando's character. It just seemed like they were going for saving Private Ryan in a Star Wars universe, and it was like <laughs> it, I don't know. Like we're not at the point in techno, and Elon Musk hasn't invented robots to the point where like we actually feel for these things yet. Yeah, and it was just really weird. It clearly doesn't look like a human at I this mean, point. I think if anything's made us feel for robots, it's been the Star Wars trilogy. But this is like this droid's first movie, and they're trying to go from zero to having sex with Donald Glover yeah. real quick. And real I quick. I don't know if that's working Before it's it. like even established years later <laughs> in the real movies. <laughs> like, I don't even know if she likes sand or not. Yeah. It's coarse. <laughs> gets gets everywhere. <laughs> I'd assume she doesn't like it too much, but she di- she does die. And spoiler alert: this is spoilers. She becomes part of the Millennium Falcon, which contributes to Han Solo. Is uh, this a thing in the original? Yeah. Trilogy? So one of the huge things in the original trilogy that's always talked about is how fast Han Solo did this uh, Kessel run. 
Uh, no, but I mean, do they specifically reference, like, Leet or whatever? No, L3? well, not that I know of. Um, like, the navigation system? Right I wonder there. if they, like, zoomed into some still frame to get her name from the original trilogy, but, like, no. I think that this is just a way of saying, like, this is part of the reason why the Millennium Falcon has so much character. Mm-hmm. That's coming from this robot. Okay. I mean, I had no problem with it. I thought it was kind of cool. That part was pretty cool. I mean, you wonder what sort of existence she has. It's just like a ship that can't talk that gets like thrown into the muck. I think she like spends a decade at least just in the desert on that uh, planet that Ray's on. Cause it's oh, just yeah. like tarps forever. <laughs> poor, poor L3. So L3 ends up as the Millennium Falcon, I guess. Um, and we can move on. Uh, who's the next character we should go over? I mean, we've we've talked about Lady Proxima. I th- Paul? Dryden? He's the bad guy, I guess? Uh, yeah, D- Dryden Voss. He's like, he's the big baddie. Emilio... I almost said really nice, <laughs> And that's uh, yeah, your Young reference. <laughs> Amelia Clark is married or enslaved to um, this Dryden guy. And he has, like, scars that, like, get inflamed when he gets pissed or something. Yeah, I didn't know if that was really coming off, if I was imagining that, because it didn't look like it was... I don't know. It didn't look like they were trying too hard on the CGI there. I didn't know if I was seeing that or... It looked like he was definitely getting angry, but I don't know what... I mean, it was almost like they wanted to make him a little more than human or yeah. something. It's like a special effect, but he he ends up dying in the end when him and Amelia Clark duel, but basically he's just like a, a mob boss, I think. Yeah, I don't really understand what kind of power he has over Amelia Clark or even uh, Woody Harrelson's character. I don't know exactly where he lies in terms of like Amelia Clark makes a reference that he even works for someone yeah. which is even higher than him so and that's kind know. of a trope in Star Wars like Jabba the Hutt is just this real powerful mob boss for some reason and um, this guy Dryden is another example and Lady Proxima even from this yeah. movie is another just like powerful mob boss um I don't think his character has any real depth. They try, they force it a little bit, like with he literally like, doesn't leave one room. Yeah, from and he's like all room. highfalutin and high class, yeah. and then he's like ultra violent on the side, and yeah. that's kind of his shtick. Yeah, I mean, Paul Bettany as an actor is great, but uh, this character I don't think was uh, very well written or even thought out. I guess I don't know. He's he's. So one-sided. And he literally doesn't leave this one room. Like, all of the scenes are basically shot in 24 hours. <laughs> so, Dude, I, so true. I honestly don't know what they expected from this character. So I, And he seems to have, like, kind of way too big of a, an influence, influence on the plot. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole thing kind of comes down to him. But we've gone through all the characters now. What I want to do really quick is talk about probably my biggest negative issue with the movie and I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast but there were times in this movie where they forced in is it okay it's an emergency no. <laughs> I just didn't want it to be Mikey just got a text no, <laughs> um, Han Solo's like backstory gets filled in pretty mm-hmm. pretty completely um, the first example that I have of this is you literally get told explicitly how he gets his last name Solo. Yeah. And I think this may be the worst part of the movie. <laughs> this is coming from someone that loves Star Wars. I'm really interested to see what you think of that. Uh, honestly, I didn't hate it. I <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean... He has nobody. Uh, the thing is, uh, the immigration officer or whatever. Yeah, we're back to that. Ice, the ICE agent <laughs> assigns him a name because Han Solo doesn't have a family anymore at this point. So he's like, he, "Who are your people?" Yeah, and he's like, "No one, just me." Yeah, he has no last name. We'll so. definitely play this clip. I think that's gonna okay. Yeah, and so spoiler, he names him Solo, and 
I don't know. I wasn't upset about it. I honestly, when you watch the first, the original trilogy, that's a ridiculous name. It's like, who is, I, I know it's space. Anything is possible, <laughs> but uh, who gets that name? And it's like, is it fake? Is it, he's a smuggler. Why would he ever have a real name anyways? I mean, I'm fine with it. But for a movie that admittedly is a lot of action and not a whole lot of dialogue, they spend some time like digging in. It's not just a quick throwaway line. They have a little bit of a yeah. back and forth about like it's an iconic name, so I mean, <sighs> of course they're gonna dig into it. I couldn't I help can't but complain. like I think one of the reasons why that bothers me so much is I love falling into suspension of disbelief, and when they get super self-referential like that, I can't help but just get like zapped out of that immediately. Would you, would you have just wanted? Oh, his last name is Solo. His family's name is Solo. Or what, what do you want? Yeah, and, and to that point, let's move on to the next thing that's explained. Him um, and Chewbacca, who's probably... Um, we weren't ignoring him, people. We know he's a character, but he's not like... We're not going to judge Chewbacca's Justice, acting. Justice for Lumpy. <laughs> prayers for Lumpy. Uh, hashtag prayer for Lumpy. Uh, <laughs> That was the one question Mikey had for me before he watched the movie. Is Lumpy in it? I was like, not telling you. And I was so upset. Was he in it? No. No, he's not in it. How do you know? There's some other Wookiees. If that was his family, there are some other Wookiees in this movie. But if that was his family, he would have escaped from Han Solo. He would have never come back. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. You'd have to do like some sort of like test with the like do some like thumb printing thing so <laughs> with that like initial special the holiday special go back and look at the faces and see if they match up oh poor lumpy poor <laughs> so ignored so underrated but anyway the next thing that they explain in han solo's past is how he met chewbacca so mm-hmm. how did that happen uh well it's a conflict uh Han Solo is turned on by uh, Woody Harrelson's character. They, Woody Harrelson, posing as a captain, says Han Solo is a liar or whatever, and they toss him in jail. And He's that, like, that guy's trying to desert. He's yeah, a traitor. Yeah, and so I guess the punishment in this in empire is feed it to a wolf, which is not so much unlike our own government, so... He gets sent to Guantanamo. Yeah. And, uh, so... He's, like, fed to, uh... Chewbacca in a, in a pit, and then they just kind of fight each other, and, uh... During the fight, Han Solo... Uh... Apparently speaks Wookiee off the bat. Either. I have a huge problem with how they introduce that. He's, like... It's the very end of the fight, and Chewbacca is drowning Han Solo into the mud. mud, Yeah, and he starts gurgling on the mud, and and it's him speaking Chewbacca's language. Mm -hmm. But then he actually like knows how to speak it. Yeah, I honestly the same thing. I honestly was like, oh, is he just gurgling on this (laughs) dirt, or does he know how to speak Wookiee? And he's accidentally. Or is he gurgling on this dirt and he's accidentally saying stuff? I was, like, so confused. I was like, he's clearly in the mud and he's coughing up dirt. It, it's really weird. They're like... It's like, why wouldn't he even They're trying to make try it a movie if, surprise. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't he even try five seconds into the... Yeah, exactly. Into the fight. He waits till he's drowning on mud. And Chewbacca even gives him a look like, are you just drowning on mud or did you say yeah. something? And he says more stuff. But, like... Another problem I have with this little piece is that apparently Chewbacca, before the original trilogy, was just murdering people in a mucky cave. Like, they showed other bodies. Just eating them. That's how he stayed alive. He was just, he was the punishment for, I guess, this empire. And he was, the guards would just toss a body down there and he would beat the hell out of them and then eat them, I guess. He's basically like this movie's versions of the original trilogy's Sarlacc. Like you <laughs> yeah, film in yeah. this crazy Chewbacca piece. is the Sarlacc bit. And I, I actually thought it was really cool to see Chewbacca covered in like clay mud like that. Yeah. He looked pretty freaky. 
Yeah, whoever this guy was, uh, I thought he did a great job. Like, this is like the most athletic we've ever seen Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, it's not played by Peter Mayhew anymore, who's like 95 years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this guy was tossing around Han Solo and a couple uh, Stormtrooper guards or whatever the hell towards the end of the movie. And I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, you don't ever... I have we've one never more problem, seen Chewbacca. I have one more problem. How many times would Han Solo have actually died... The, the, the uh, way they escape is, like, he kicks Han Solo through a metal pole. Yeah, that, <laughs> apparently that was the finishing move. And, <laughs> and Han Solo gets his shit wrecked. <laughs> and that's apparently part of the plan. If his uh, spinal cord isn't injured at that point, yeah. like... Han Solo would be snapped in half from this <laughs> this tackle that uh, Chewbacca makes through a, a pole that's supporting a platform. They're also, at one point, running in the opposite directions at full speed with chains. Oh, I was going to say, oh, this is where Han Solo gets his leg ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bionic leg. I have no idea. Uh, so that was something else that they explained explicitly. Um, I thought the amount of times that they showed the pair of dice was completely obnoxious. What was with that? Is that in the original trilogy? It's in the... A li- yeah, it's like barely in this... In that. But then in The My, Last Jedi, they have that moment where Luke is giving that to Leia, but he astral projects. What? They've made it like uh, a big I, thing. I don't remember that at all. I'm telling I mean, you, Gronk droid, a Star Wars story. <laughs> uh, but I... If you took a piss on the Star Wars set in the original trilogy, they're going to make a movie out of it. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw this... Okay, like literally two minutes in the movie, Han Solo... Steals a speeder thing or whatever and tosses up these fuzzy dice, yeah. <laughs> these fuzzy golden dice or whatever that he has. And I was like, okay, why, why make this a scene? They don't like, do anything. Yeah, they don't do anything. I was like, oh, this is just like a quirky thing that he does. This is a Han Solo thing. He's so confident in himself. This is a fuzzy dice. Apparently what I heard from my brother-in-law was that um, when they were making the Millennium Falcon for the new trilogy... Uh, there was like one sole set director that's like, wait, we forgot the dice. And people were like, what are you talking about? And he like showed him a still frame and he was like, Han Solo's dice. And so from there, like, they're like, oh my gosh. And like, what? they like yeah. wrote that into like everything. I don't know. Boba Fett, but Star they, Wars, Ground Droid, Star Wars. They movie. made a goddamn point in this movie to make the dice very prominent. And they brought it up. At least, like, five times. How many close-ups on the dice? At least ten times. <laughs> We're not joking. Anyone who may be listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see some dice in the <laughs> It's going to get dicey. <laughs> uh, Were you okay with that? Like, what did you think of that? No, like, it was did just you like... Know from the, I, wouldn't off the bat, do, I was like, oh, they're trying to do something here. Wouldn't one time do... Once. Yeah, towards the end of the movie. They made sure. it like... They, there's a lot of times. It was a weird choice. And... It all comes back to a... A tweet that we actually quoted recently in our, in our Twitter. But it's basically like... The Last Jedi preached this huge message of... Kill the past. Let these old characters go so we can move on with Star Wars. And then the very next Star Wars movie they do is this Han Solo movie with dozens of random references that are unneeded to this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't come to terms with that, Mikey. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea what they're doing with this franchise. It is <laughs> the most bizarre franchise to me, I think, ever. Because there are three movies that I consider three of some of the worst movies I've ever seen. Are you talking about the prequels? All of the prequels. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, uh, and Brett's going to fight you on Re- Revenge of the Sith. He I don't care. I honestly do not care. <laughs> <laughs> they look like shit. Uh, but I seriously, this franchise is so weird to me. I, uh, I don't know what they're doing with it. And now they want to make like a Boba Fett movie, a Lando movie. Grot droid. 
Gronk droid. <laughs> yeah, what Rob Gronkowski <laughs> movie. Like, I don't know what they're doing with this movie. And then, of course, they've still got like two or three more Ryan Johnson movies, which I'm sure you're pumped for. Three. <laughs> three dreadful movies. I don't know. Maybe they'll be good movies, but... Uh, I know we did not start off on the right foot with The Last Jedi, so <laughs> I don't know what not to expect. Me. Like, honestly, I do not know what to expect with this franchise. Like, they're they're honestly really... They're pulling themselves thin. Like, how much do you honestly have... They're branching off so many different directions. How much do you have to write? Like, you, you're expecting a lot from your audience to invest in all of these different characters. In a movie a year, I mean... I think it's they're insane. trying to develop more characters so that they can pull off it's what insane. Marvel's doing and the comic book movies are doing. No. Do you think Star Wars really needs to like emulate that? I think they have their own movie history that they can be their own separate there's, thing. There's never going to be another MCU because the MCU has had comics for decades. There's already a century, maybe. Yeah, there's already established <laughs> storylines, characters, plot points. There's everything already going for it, and people that may or may not have already invested time into it already. Like, I don't read comic books, but I know, I still know what's going on in like Spider-Man comics. Like, you don't have to be into it to know what's going on. There's nothing like that. It's it's well, been around for decades. The Star Wars universe had a large set of books written for it. But when Disney bought the rights, they threw that all away. So they really set themselves up into the position of this weird love-hate relationship with the past. And The Last Jedi talks about yeah. it explicitly. And this movie, basically it's its lifeblood, is living off of the old Han Solo and what that character is. It's, it's weird. It's interesting. And it's especially weird because they're both under, like, the Disney umbrella. So, like, they're obviously competing with each other. Yeah. So, I don't I, know. I really think they'd be smart to spread their movies out a little bit, build up the hype. If they come out with a movie, like, I'm a huge Star Wars guy. If they really come out with a movie every year, I'm going to start skipping them. And then, it's gonna, then I'm going to skip all of them. Yeah. I mean... A movie a year for a, a franchise that. like I'm not even like <laughs> half invested in, but I've seen all of them. It's like uh, just I don't know. I, if I didn't have movie pass, I probably wouldn't have seen this movie. But. <laughs> <laughs> and only two out of the six spoiler men bucked up and saw it. Yeah. I mean, Pappy would have saw it if he wasn't in Peru, and he's really grumpy about being in Peru, by the way. But I mean, honestly, it's weird. Even on our other like new movie reviews. Sometimes there's two people, a lot of times there's three. For a Star Wars movie, to only have two of us watch yeah, it's it. it's kind of bizarre. Especially me. Like, I'm not invested in this. <laughs> you literally have invested in the free weekend. I'm invested <laughs> in Donald Glover. That's what, the main reason I went to go see this, and I'm, like, only half impressed with his performance, so. Yeah. He's much better in the This Is America music video, yes. actually. I would suggest watch Atlanta. <laughs> rather than this movie alright well Mikey why don't you give us your final synopsis and I would say yes or no but you kind of revealed earlier yeah I, uh, I'll give it like if a 5 and below is a no and a 6 and above is a yes I'll give this a 6 um, I'm not invested in Star Wars really at all uh, I've seen every movie but I don't really consider any of them to be great in my opinion i don't know what other people think i know other people love this franchise and stuff but i just went i had i had a sunday off i went to go see this movie i got movie pass it cost literally nothing for me to go see this movie so i went and saw it i wanted to see donald glover in a movie and um i thought it was okay i mean i can't i honestly i, I can't complain about uh whatever guy's name played Han Solo. I honestly don't know his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I thought he did a fine job. Yeah, I we're thought, in the dugout, so we lost internet connection <laughs> and our uh, IMD page is gone. I thought uh, the plot was 
kind of all over the place and then it kind of picked up towards the end and I thought they really should have done what we considered at the beginning of this podcast, the Amelia Clark yeah. plot twist. Yeah. I thought that would have been great. That would have been uh, a really good movie and I'm kind of disappointed it didn't go that way. But uh, Don't worry. They'll probably make that Yeah, movie. they'll probably make her movie uh, <laughs> and it'll be not as good. Uh, but I'll give it a 6 out of 10, which is a, a soft yes. I'll give this movie a 6 out of 10, too. But unlike your rating system, like, there's so many movies out there. If you're not a 7, I'm not giving you a yes. <laughs> and if you're a Star Wars movie under a 7, like, now I have, like, a personal vengeance against you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a personal vengeance against this movie, but it is a cool, like, theater experience, I guess. The visuals are really cool. Yeah, it looks great. You're not going to be let down in terms of form of form and quality and cinematic uh, expertise, but I this route that Star Wars is taking to do a solo movie colon a Star Wars story on every throwaway character in the galaxy it's troublesome. <laughs> <laughs> And And honestly, would you expect that from a a Han Solo movie? He's like, what, second most popular character? If not first most popular character, what is he? Who's cooler than Han Solo? Do people like Luke more? I mean, Darth Vader. Should they just do every movie on Darth Vader? I I mean, Darth Vader would be cool as hell. (laughs) I wouldn't be mad about that. But like Boba Fett and... Lando and Darth Maul. That would be really cool. Darth Maul movie would be super cool. If Ryan Johnson's trilogy somehow deals with Kira and like Darth Maul, that would be awesome. Sequence that could be kind of interesting. Yeah, that would be. We've we've already written a better movie. (laughs) (laughs) The whole uh, uh, what's her face Amelia Clark plotline would have been so much better. Yeah, and Lady Proxima. If anyone uh, out there on the Twitter world knows more about Lady Proxima, uh, write in spoilers. <laughs> Send us your fan art. <laughs> your um, Lady Proxima fan art. <laughs> Draw us, Josh and Mikey, fighting Lady Proxima. <laughs> uh, I don't have much more about the movie, Mikey. Um, it felt good to talk to you about it, though, because... Yeah. I mean, it's not a horrible film. No. But, I mean, they certainly underperformed in what they were expecting. Money-wise, yeah. yeah. And ouch to that, but, like... Also, they have infinity money, so it's, like, not a big loss. (laughs) They maybe just planted some seeds that could uh, feed a bloodline, that could light a spark, that could uh, light the fire of a rebellion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wait, uh, what about this? Uh, what this rebel fighter in send whatever the Marauders? The Marauders, yeah. There's what Marauders dressed up in like a Native American garb, kind of yeah. with masks. I don't know. I think they're like they're trying to spell them out as the originators of the rebellion. That would have been a cool plot point to go instead of. As well. Yep. They're much, very much throwaway. And we didn't get into the end scene that much, and we won't, but there's basically like a triple cross, and like, Woody Harrelson betrays Chewbacca and Solo, but because Solo saw it coming, also, he betrayed Also, him. is that a Solo shot first thing? Oh, they totally retconned who shot first between Greedo and Han. Because, like, Han learns from Woody Harrelson to shoot first. I hope you're still paying attention because now I'm going to tell you the most important... Very explicitly. Mm -hmm. And in George Lucas' re-edit of Star Wars, Greedo shoots first. So Disney's basically saying, like, screw that, no. So it's Han shot first now. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I don't know anything about the franchise. I think that's a good, I think that's a good note to end it on, Mike. Are you good? 
I'm. I thought this was a great podcast. Cheers to you, Josh. Yeah, it was good having you. We're in person tonight. It's kind of interesting to do that. Uh, Han shot first. Darth Maul, Ryan Johnson trilogy coming up. <laughs> News from spoilers. That was spoilers. That's a good one. Great one. That was spoilers. Deckard said he heard about this very big gangster putting together a job. No, I'm telling you, it's gonna be great. When have I ever steered you wrong? That was spoilers. Hello, it is I, Stevie, and I saw Solo over the weekend. I had no hopes for this movie. And after getting out, I realized I freaking love this movie. Uh, I thought, I thought it just worked. Uh, the dude who played Solo was pretty cool. Donald Glover was awesome. Um, Khaleesi, whatever her name is, did an okay job, even though she's not that great of an actress. And, uh, I don't know, just, uh, this movie is all around awesome and that train scene. That's gotta be one of the coolest scenes in Star Wars history. I mean, my, like, my mouth was open the whole time, just in excitement. So, uh, yeah, this movie was great. I've also come to realize that Rogue One and Solo are collectively better than Force Awakens, as well as uh, The Last Jedi, which is probably one of the worst Star Wars, mo- Star Wars movies ever made. So, yeah, this movie is near the top as far as Star Wars movies' rankings for me. Awesome movie, and I probably will see it again. And, Josh, if you didn't like it, well, that's just your fault, then. All right, see you later, guys. Bye. That was spoilers.